again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring April 28th, 1985. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Go ahead and say good afternoon, boys. Good afternoon, boys. boys. This week in our Channel 6 segment, we have... um, I don't want to say a lot of news, but uh, Nob is back from his, from his festival journey at Peach Fest, and uh, you know what, Nob, go ahead and give us your uh, your show reviews and your thoughts on Peach Fest as a whole. Sure, I had a really good time at Peach Fest. I had only seen, I think, two of the bands in advance. Um, I'd seen Billy and J Rad before, but everyone else was new to me. Um, and there were a lot of bands I had heard for the first time I was really impressed with. I, I mentioned Samantha Fish in last week's show. Uh, she did some really cool bluesy stuff. Miss Mojo was a fun like funk group from New Orleans that I really liked. Uh, the Revivalists are like uh, an indie band that I'd never heard of, but apparently I'm out of the loop for not having ever heard of them, but they really impressed me. Um, and then the headliners were all just a lot of fun. Um, Billy was great. It was nice to see. I've I'm now very we should, glad. We should oh. clarify, this is Billy Strings, not Billy and the Kids. Yes, Billy Strings. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see Alex Hargraves is now a member of the Billy Strings band, uh, playing the fiddle. Um, and I've wanted him to join the band for a few months now. And he wasn't officially in the band at Peach, but he was sitting in with them for the whole set. And nice. it's really, the, the violin, the fiddle adds a really nice texture to the Billy String band sound. Um, I'm very glad that he's part of it. Um, Trey was really good, was a lot of fun, uh, really groovy, really just good energy. Um, and then, uh, I mean, they're one of my favorite Dead-related bands these days, but I do think the highlight of the weekend was the J-Rad set. Awesome. That, that day, I had lost my wallet earlier in the day. I wound up finding it, but I had lost my wallet. Wow. There, was, uh, there was the severe weather warning, and they told us to go inside, and that was while my wallet was still missing. My phone was dying. I had sunburns in weird, weird parts of my body, and all I they the J Rad started playing, and all I could think was, I'd lose my wallet a hundred times for this. Wow. Like I really like. Wait, I, did you we, have your wallet while J Rad was playing? By the time J Rad had started, I got my wallet back. Oh, thank God! Um, because I did have it by then. I would be thinking of nothing else but or, locating that wallet. I don't. You worry. Ruined J Rad for me. In between every band set, I was going back to the Lost and Found table and going, "Hi, black wallet." Um, but I did. I got it back before J Rad, and they did awesome. uh, their. And I, this isn't my favorite Dead tune by any means. It's a very good one, but it's never been a favorite of mine. But their Mississippi half step. I don't know what it was, but their across the Rio Grandio part was just so good that it genuinely got a tear out of me. Um, awesome. I thought that was lovely, and then it was it was Mississippi half step into Terrapin, and they did Terrapin teases in the Mississippi half step, and Mississippi half step teases in the Terrapin. Um, and it was fun to see that kind of uh, soup of music. I love, I love what J-Red does to Grateful Dead set lists and the creativity yeah. they put in. And just a segue to our weekly show, I love what the Grateful Dead did in April 28th, 85, which was this week's show, because they were kind of messing with set lists and expectations, kind of like what J-Red does. Well, that's 85 in general is a pretty big year for the dead getting weird. There's yeah. a lot of like Creativity. openers that you just don't see a lot. A lot of just songs in very different spots. It's a really yeah. exciting. Uh, there's like a show. I think two months from now in Hershey, they open within the midnight hour, which is a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, 
yeah, there's some cool stuff in 85. Um, awesome. But yeah, I had a very, very good time. Which, um, awesome. I'll probably go back. How was the again. weather? So you had like one day of really nice weather, right? And then the rest was just like storms and, you know, uh, the, 95% the first humidity. And last, the first and last day were sunny but hot. The Thursday and Sunday, um, as long as you found a shady spot, like you were kind of fine. Um, and I, I found every shady spot that they've got at Montage Mountain. Um, and yeah, those two middle days when the rain wasn't happening, the weather was fine. But there were a couple of brief little weather storms. I was glad I went home after J-Rad and didn't stick around for pigeons because that set got canceled about 40 minutes in due to the weather. Oh, wow. Cool, man. Yeah. And I hear your band had a show last night. Yes, we had. We were back at. at I don't know if I should say the venue, but we were yeah, back at Crossroads to. in New Jersey. Doesn't matter. Uh, we were playing with a friend of ours, uh, and we did a bunch of her songs, which was cool. We did the wait by the band for the first time since we had five vocalists, and since they have five verses, that seemed like the right call. Um, I thought it was a fun right time. Call. All right, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good to have uh, you back. Yes, welcome back. Good to, to be back. Up. We also had a few Den Company shows since our last recording. We had Bethel Woods, uh, Gillette Stadium uh, in Foxborough, Massachusetts. We had Xfinity uh, Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. And we were also supposed to have Saratoga. However, Saratoga was unfortunately canceled due to a health situation with John's father. Uh, however, everything appears to be on the up and up and good uh, moving forward, and Den Company should be back live tonight in Bristow, Virginia. So uh, we are patiently waiting to see, um, to make sure though that show goes off as expected. Yeah, and Game, I think you made a good point in the chat where you're saying that you're expecting fireworks at the uh, the show uh, we're recording on Friday the 8th, and they're they're playing tonight, and you, and you were expecting fireworks, I think, from... Uh, from Johnny, and I think I think you're right. I think this it's, is gonna be special tonight. Yeah, it's um, it, uh, in my mind, I mean, not that be beyond grateful that John's father did not pass away, like the yeah. uh, the initial rumor was. Right. But um, I think a musician like John having to step away, incredibly unexpected, um, and leaving the fans, um, I I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that Grateful Dead fans are maybe a little bit more passionate than John Mayer solo fans. Um, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's like a. Yeah, I would, I would talk to more John Mayer solo fans. They may not be selling tie dye shirts in the lot, but they know every word to every song. <laughs> so I don't know. I I just feel like he's gonna come out and uh, not not to prove a point tonight. No, nah, but not that there's a point to be proven. But it'll move I, him. Yeah, I just I feel like he's gonna be on his A game tonight. Um, and also, as he's been throughout the tour, I will add. Yes. And I'm not the biggest John Mayer fan. However, I do, you know, recognize game, and and he's way on top of his game. I mean, and, everybody's doing great. So, and selfishly, um, my show, my first show of the tour, and Nob's show, Philadelphia uh, is coming up this Sunday. So I will be keeping close notes on uh, what songs are played this evening, so I can be I really mad when uh, they are played tonight instead of on Sunday. Um, <laughs> If I've only got one song that I want to hear in Philly, and if by some messed up miracle they play El Paso tonight, I'm going to become the Joker. You know, I. I it's I your origin story? I don't this think is. they will. I, I don't think they will. I don't know. Bristow doesn't seem like, like an El Paso 
Um, no, well, that's what I'm hoping. Now, I'm well, hoping you, Philadelphia does. But do you Matt think Bush this? needs to not listen to this, so he knows that we don't want to hear El Paso tonight. <laughs> go ahead, Big. I'm sorry. Well, if they play tons of steel tonight, you're just going to go off, right? Oh, if they play any Brent tonight, uh, I want I want pre- five Brent songs in a row to open the show in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be devastated if they do. Uh, I'm not expecting a blow away. Um, if yeah. there's if there's a blow away that's going to happen, it's going to be in Philly because it's too close to the seven seven eighty nine famous blow away. Yeah. So in my mind, if that's going to happen, it'll happen in Philly. Uh, I don't think it will. But if it will, it'll happen in Philly. Um, if they play fantasy tonight, I'll be, mm. I'll be, I'll be devastated. I'll be devastated. Um, I can see them doing that in Philly. I can see them doing I'm, a whole bunch of stuff in Philly. That's what kind of yeah. like. I'm excited for you guys. So that's gonna that, be awesome. It, it, it's just. And they kind of what like the last Philly show was the thunderstorm show where they only the had played show. one set, the rain show. So maybe maybe they that. dig deep. Maybe get some bust outs. Maybe get some really cool stuff. We will see, but I am uh, I'm highly interested in tonight's Bristow show. But anyway, yes. let's go on to our main event of the evening. Go back in time. April 28, 1985. Palo Alto, California at the Frost Amphitheater at Stanford University. Um, boys had a pretty solid show for 1985. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into set one. Uh, set one gave us Gimme Some Lovin' opener into Mississippi Half Step, New Minglewood Blues, Bird Song, Tons of Steel, China Cat Sunflower, and of course, I Know You Rider. Uh, Fig, go ahead and give us your thoughts on set number one. Yeah, thanks, game. Um, I, I like set number one. I don't know which set I like better, but I guess we'll get to that. Um at the end when we uh when we decide which set we're going to pick uh give me some love and i guess that goes to knobs um you know statement earlier where you know they kind of mess with openers and you know give me some love and um i don't necessarily think of it as an opener and to be honest with you i felt like this was more of an appetizer than a true opener mm-hmm. uh the song kind of runs out of steam towards the end there and then they kind of segue or maybe not segue but um into a half step which is a much better opener for for set one. Um, now that brings me to you know kind of an overall thought for the um, for the night, which was Jerry had a very croaky voice, um, but uh, yeah. it wasn't. But it wasn't for lack of trying. And and honestly, I, I've heard him with this voice before, and I, I don't know if it's '85 specifically or if it's throughout the '80s or whatever. But you know, he gets this thing in his voice, and and you know, he's such an emotive singer that it actually yeah. is painful to me to hear him belt these songs out. And I felt that way throughout pretty much the entire set, um, that, you know, he was still trying to do what Jerry does, but he was kind of croaking his way through. And um, it, it, it took a lot away, and actually, because it just, it, it makes me feel pain. You know, it's like very interesting that he can do that, but that's why he is who he is. Um, and then I will say that he was able to kind of channel maybe the, you know, what he couldn't do with his voice into his guitar, because especially at the end of Half Step, he just pops off, and there's an awesome, awesome end of Half Step. Uh, New Mingle Blues, Bobby's always awesome. Um, I thought this is where the, where the set really started getting going. Uh, Brent had a great solo. Jerry's guitar sounds a lot better. Um, let's see here. Where are we at here? Oh, Birdsong. Uh, I really liked it. Very jazzy, very jammy. Tons of Steel. I'm going to withhold 
my comments Ooh. about Tony Steele um, for my man Game. I don't know if you want to take over Game at this point. I don't want to step on your feet because I know um, as the as the resident Brenton head, this is um, some hallowed ground for you. Uh, save that for for my. Point. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, so we'll rate the tons of steel. I think at the end, like we do with uh, uh, Scarlet Fire, obviously. Um, China Rider uh, was actually really good. I, I love the the tempo. Um, Jerry just kind of moved things along. He was ripping through the whole thing. Um, yeah, I will say, you know, one positive for Jerry's voice in that first set was when he sang, you know, "I wish I was a headlight," and he belted it. Mm-hmm. It was it was good, and he 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 you know dug deep and he found it, and that was awesome. So that was uh, set one for me. It was a good set. All righty, Nam, go ahead and give us your thoughts on set number one. Sure. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of what was just said. Um, I thought the "Give Me Some Lovin'" was it was like a fun opener, but I agree that it didn't quite go anywhere. The jam just kind of stopped to go into yeah. Mississippi Half Step, um, which, yeah, uh, Jerry's voice. To me, at least in set one, Mississippi Half Step is the worst offender for Jerry's croaky t- voice. Um, but there are definitely times in, in this song where it can get a little distracting. Um, I've never been. I agree that uh, New Minglewood is probably where the set kicks in from being like fine to really good. Yeah. Um, I've never been more grateful for a New Minglewood to start. That like <laughs> started, and I was just like, oh, this is one of the. This is the kind of song that's really going to work tonight. Um, and it really did. Yeah. What do you like better? So last week we had a 77 New Minglewood where they just, you know, mm. I was born, you know, just kind of goes into it. And then this one is the one where it's like the intro and it kind of spins up. Do you have a preference? Yeah. Uh, see, I think they, I don't know if I have a preference. I think they both serve different purposes for different kinds of shows. Um, I think this one wouldn't have been as good if it just came out of a complete stop. Um, I right. think yeah, the build-up really helped. Yeah. Um, I thought the bird song was really fun. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed those jams. I thought yeah. they were tender. Um, I thought Tons of Steel sounded really tight. Um, I thought Brent's vocals were really strong. Um, I thought it was a fun one. It wasn't my favorite of the set by any stretch, but it was fun. Um, and I thought there was almost a disco daddy quality to the China rider. And I mean that as a positive, I'm a big fan of shakedown street and the disco daddy stuff. Um, there was just a very like almost four on the floor groove that we were getting out of the China cat. Um, the tempo was just really giving it this like dance floory kind of feel that I really did enjoy. It's not the most exploratory China rider you're ever going to find, but it is just a really well played and very energetic China rider. And Jerry's voice sounds a lot better by the end of set one. I, that rider is probably his strongest vocal performance of the first set. All right. Set number one. Um, What'd I you agree. think, Game? I, I agree. Give me some love, and I don't think should be an opener. Um, I, I kind of always find it a little bit weird when the dead play it. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean I didn't like it. Uh, and I feel like I liked it just because my boy Brent was on lead vocals. Um, but you know, it, it did kind of just kind of muddle out there at the end. Uh, but it was, it was okay. It was still good. Um, uh, Mississippi Half Step, I enjoyed. New Minglewood, I enjoyed. Um, Bird Song, very jazzy. Um, probably not my favorite Bird Song in the world. Um, but still good. Um, uh, 
Now, Birdsong into Tons of Steel <laughs> is is a little bit uh, weird set placement. That's there a good point. Um, it's like an about face. Yeah. Now, but that said, I still thoroughly enjoyed Tons of Steel. Um, sounded very tight, very well played. Breno Vogels sounded good. Energy was there. Um, I just don't know if I would put it after Birdsong. Um, and China Rider. Good point. But China, between Birdsong and China Rider, it's a strange placement. Yeah, and then China Rider was great. Um, Jerry Energy was there. Um, I could feel the crowd when he said, you know, I wish I was a headlight. So, um, yeah, I set one okay. Um, nothing really blew me away, to be totally mm-hmm. honest. Um, but two Brent vocal songs in the first set, so I can't complain about that. Uh, now, set number two started off with Hell in a Bucket, uh, into Crazy Fingers, Ooh. into Playing in the Band, into China Doll, into Playing in the Band. Then we had a nice, lovely drums and space, followed by wrapping up of Playing in the Band, <coughs> into Wharf Rat, Throwing Stones, Not Fade Away, with an encore of U.S. Blues, and I believe... Double encore. Our- our, yes, a double encore, and I believe the first time that we listened to this song on this show, uh, She Belongs to Me. Yeah. Uh, so, Nob, what were your thoughts on set number two? I was definitely more into set two than I was into set one. Um, I think at this point, they've kind of figured out what's working for them tonight. They know that like the grittier kind of tunes are going to be more of their strengths and so i thought hell in a bucket was a perfect set to opener for a night like tonight um i thought the band sounded really nice on it bob's vocals were killer uh jerry's solo in bucket was really nice and there was some really fun key stuff that you were getting from brent um i thought the transition into crazy fingers was good it wasn't my favorite crazy fingers but around like the seven minute mark there's a really cool like almost minor key kind of jam that takes you into playing in the band mm-hmm. um which I really enjoyed. Um, it was a very zippy playing in the band. Um, Jerry's voice didn't really bug me on the China Doll. Um, you noticed that it was rough, um, but I think that made it work for me. Mm. Uh, there was a, a openness and tenderness to hearing just how rough his voice was sounding that when paired with the melody and the lyrics of China Doll just really made a lovely rendition um but that when we go back into playing in the band and i'm not a big playing in the band person but both of those times that we go back into playing in the band were awesome like the sandwich was really working for me i thought the jams were a lot of fun i thought they always had something neat to do with it um not a particularly exploratory throw in stones it was pretty straightforwardly played but it was it had really nice energy to it and i loved that at the end, when they were doing the ashes, ashes, all fall down, they were doing it not over the throwing stones chords, but over the not fade away chord progression, um, which, like, it threw me, because they don't normally do that, and it almost felt like we had jumped the transition into not fade away, so when we finally did actually get the bow, 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 I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's probably the most, uh, like, fluidly mashed up I've ever heard throwing stones into not fade away. Um, yeah, I thought U.S. Blues was a nice high-energy encore to bring it home. 
I don't know if we needed the She Belongs to Me. It was pretty. I probably would have been more into it if it came somewhere earlier in the set, but I don't know if I needed it to be the last song of the evening. What did you guys think? Go ahead, Knob, or Fig, give us your thoughts. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, sure, I'm... I'll say all of my thoughts again. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, say it exactly like you said it. Um, sure. So I'm actually going to push back a little bit on some of the stuff that Nob was saying um, in my set two, although I will agree with him that I like set two better than set one generally. Um, Nob, you said earlier that, you know, the band kind of got together uh, and, you know, figured out what was working tonight. And I feel like that wasn't my, mm, that wasn't my takeaway from set two because what wasn't working tonight for me, as you know, was Jerry's voice. And there are a lot of songs that really rely on Jerry's, you know, golden voice to kind of, you know, lead through because they're, you know, quieter songs or they're more um, emotional songs. Yeah, I'm I do about not crazy know fingers. Why we got two Jerry ballads. I'm talking about China. Two. Yeah, I'm talking about China Doll. Yeah, like so. Um, so that's not, you know, th- that's my little pushback. Um, but going down the set list, I love Hell in a Bucket. It is one of my favorite set openers. So anytime that you get a Hell in a Bucket, it's going to be awesome, and I'm going to want to listen to it. Bobby's vocals are always great, and the band's always, you know, on fire for that. Uh, and, and then Crazy Fingers, I love Crazy Fingers. I love that song so much. Uh, but you know, Jerry really propels that song with his voice, and he just didn't have it. He was just croaky the whole time. Um, and now we get into playing in the band, and actually, it wasn't necessarily a playing in the band sandwich that night. It was actually a playing in the band um, uh, Big Mac because they come back into playing in the band three times. Well, I guess two two other times. Um, you know. So we, we get playing of the band three times, which was really fun, really cool. That goes to you know the kind of set craft that we were talking about earlier, the kind of exploration with the sets that they were doing. And I loved it. I loved um I loved the ideas that they were putting out there. Um, you know, yeah, it was zippy. I like that's a good well way to uh, describe it. I love the transition between playing of the band into China. Um yes. yeah, like that was a great transition. And then there's a transition from China back into playing in the band, and Jerry hit this um this kind of lick and 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 he wrote a song like he actually wrote a song on stage in front of everybody and it could have been a top 10 hit but instead all it is is 30 seconds in a um you know two and a half hour grateful dead show uh that you know we have the pleasure to you know speak about you know 30 years later so that's so cool um definitely worth listening to and just getting into the end of the show, um, it, was, it was a great end of the show. Warfret was well played, um, and Throwing Stones Not Fade Away was cool. Uh, she Belongs to Me, I agree, like, did we necessarily need that at the very end of the show? But I thought that it was kind of interesting to hear. I, it, to me, it sounded more like a Jerry Garcia band song. And so it was kind of cool to hear the dead in that capacity rather than, you know, a, you know, a standard uh, encore um, so all in all, I definitely like set two. Um, Jerry's voice aside, it was uh, definitely something to worth listening to. I'm going to echo Game? the statements of uh, you two fine folks. Uh, set two was definitely an improvement over set one. Uh, Jerry's voice aside, uh, Hell in a Bucket is always a great opener. Um, and probably my favorite music video that <laughs> the Grateful Dead has that is a cool one. Had, had ever done, truthfully. Um, so Hell in a Bucket, a uh, powerful set to opener. I always love Crazy Fingers. Um, Jerry's voice struggled at times, uh, but still a nice, lovely Crazy Fingers. 
Uh, the playing in the band Big Mac that we got, um, it's okay. It was okay. Um, I'm not the biggest China Doll fan. I think I've said that in in other episodes. So, uh, and the fact that Jerry's voice isn't exactly the most powerful here, um, kind of maybe took me out of China Doll. Um, now when O'Teal sings it, I'm I'm like a little fangirl. <laughs> but for wow, reason, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm really, the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I I I like O'Teal. I think he's great um, as a backup. Uh, when he takes the mic, though, it it just takes me out of it. But yeah, maybe because I'm just spoiled by Jerry doing awesome China dolls. Um. Then we had That's drums, just me. Then we had drums in space, um, which were drums in space. Um, the wharf rat, I really enjoyed. Um, really enjoyed. That was probably my favorite thing of set two. Um, yeah, and I will say just to add, Jerry's voice does come alive in Wharf Rat. He he finds the voice in Wharf Rat. Sorry to interrupt. Go go for it. And I almost wonder if it's because that song is so special. Like, um, there's it so many. There's so many special dead songs. Um, but I think Wharf Rat probably has, um. A fairly big meaning to fairly many people, mm-hmm. and probably including Jerry too. Um, so it wonders, and he me gets if, to say the f bomb. Yeah, so it always wonders me if 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 that you know happens to find it during his you know wharf rat. Um, then ended set two with throwing stones and not fade away. Pretty good. Um, I always enjoy a good U.S. blues encore. Um, so I I dug that. Um, don't know if I was really ready for the She Belongs to Me. Um, I enjoyed it. To end a show? I don't know. Um, yeah. That, that's set two, better than set one. Um, still, a lot to leave, uh, still a lot to be desired, though, in my opinion. Okay. All right, so... We had no Reddit comments um, this week on our 1985 show, um, and we haven't discussed this yet, even though I do have a feeling uh, I know where we're going to vote. Um, which set would we like to feature uh, after we're done speaking here? I'm assuming we're gonna, going to go with set number two. You assume correct. I would. I would. I'd push back if we said anything else. <laughs> So I'm pretty after, agreeable, but set two. Although, tons of steel. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll put tons of steel in there. It's like a hidden track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. secret track. I love it. Twenty minutes, just in between drums and space. <laughs> that's where it should be every time. You know what? You you guys talk. That's gonna happen. It's gonna be drums, <laughs> tons of steel, space. Um, so after after we're done here, you're going to get set two of April twenty eighth, nineteen eighty five, and perhaps a little bit of set number one as well. Um, Book of the Dead. Uh, again, I'm fairly certain I know everyone's answers, but I will go ahead and start off with this is a no from me. How about Fig and Knob? Would this show make your Book of the Dead? It's a no for me. Um, I'm I'm happy to have listened to it. Happy to have podcasted about it. But um, yeah, it's not going to make the book of the dead. Yeah, I think there are 85 shows that could make the book of the dead, but I don't think okay. this would be one of them. Um, it's definitely not my least favorite one that we've touched on this pod, but I would probably just put it somewhere in the middle. Yeah, 
All right. Now, next week, and this is where I'm probably going to do some edits. Um, so next... I, I will be posting on the subreddit the, the weekly thread Okay. for next week. So, you know, for everybody who follows the, the weekly Reddit thread, that will be there. I don't think we will be podcasting about next week's show. So with that in mind, um, Game, why don't you take it from there? All right. So next week, we are taking a little bit of a help on the way siesta. Uh, we will <laughs> be away next week because we are all uh, sort of traveling. Uh, Fig is going to be away at the beach. And Nob and myself are going to be in Philadelphia. And I'm going to try to make it to City for the last show of the tour. Nice. Um, so Yeah, I'm hitting both the City Field shows. So, we need to try to hook up in Philly, by the way. Uh, yes. Do it. Which we will do. Uh, not that the podcast listeners need to hear that, but we will figure that out uh, on Discord. Well, uh, I want to have an on-the-scene, in-the-parking-lot special, a, you know... I'll bring the microphones. I'll bring the microphones. Let's create... We can record. <laughs> yeah, moving forward, we just have a segment where we just ask the most bug-eyed-looking wooks to remember what they just watched. <laughs> So next week, our featured show, even though we're not going to be podcasting about it, is December 18th, 1994. Now, there will still be a Reddit thread on the show, uh, so please feel free to listen along and give us your thoughts on uh, December 18th, 1994. We just will not be podcasting about it. Instead, we have a little bit of an Easter egg show. We are planning to present to you next week, which you will find out more when that gets released. So I don't want to spoil too much on uh, on the next podcast to be released, uh, but it is a little bit of a uh, surprise spoiler show for our next episode. And then we should be back uh, on July the 20th uh, or 21st. I forget what day our podcast goes live on the internet. Uh, 21st. But we'll be back on July 21st with our next new updated, um, I don't want to say live podcast episode, but you know what I'm trying to say. So, um, and I will say, don't sleep on this uh, 121894 show. Um, I listened to it a little bit, and there's uh, some really good stuff. Uh, we get, uh, it starts with Touch of Grey. Um, we get victim, of the, victim, victim or the Crime, Crazy Fingers, Terrapin Station, set two. So um, I listened to it, and it actually does sound really good. Even for an odd, it does sound really good. So don't sleep on that, even though we won't be podcasting about it. I just, I can't believe that there's a, a better Crazy Fingers in 1994 than there is in 1985. It, so. it sounded better to my ears. It did. And Vince really helped uh, provide like an atmosphere to the Crazy Fingers. And it maybe because it was an odd versus a soundboard, too. I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it. And Jerry sounded better. So, yeah. Go figure. So, as always, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share. Uh, you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded except for ones that rhyme with Shotify. So, if you happen to use a music streaming service that rhymes with Shopify, um, we're not going to find us on that one. You will find us, though, on literally every other podcast platform. Uh, you may find us direct on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may find us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. And the Grateful Dead channel on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash the GD channel. 
is going to be relaunched on July 17th. So July 17th, the Grateful Dead channel on Twitch will be relaunched. Uh, and I'm planning on starting with a 2022 summer tour in review. So if you missed any of um, the 2022 summer tour, um, they're going to be streaming on twitch.tv slash the, the GD channel. And let's hope Brad does not listen to this podcast. Um, so other than that, that is everything I have for today's episode. Fig or Nob, you have any closing words for our podcast listeners? I just want to say, I don't think Brad is one of our 10 listeners, but we do thank, <laughs> we do thank each and every one of you. <laughs> and you know what, Brad, if you do happen to be one of our 10 listeners, <laughs> I appreciate you too, bud. <laughs> and we also have a donation, uh, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> Patreon. Uh, anyway, so thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast, and we will be back live to tape once again on July 21st with a special Easter egg episode coming um, next week. So thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs>
books just reason Oh, it's just your mind
Thank you. 